Some captain. Okay. Maybe Picard. Like a, it felt a little Picardy. Felt kind of Cisco-y in the way that you were projecting that. Oh, in the way I was chewing the scenery as I as I said it. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. We are recording live not from the sea shanty shack down by the sea. No, we're recording from my my penthouse suite in it, downtown New Westminster. I was gonna call it the Riverside Clubhouse. We could also call it that, but it is the spare room of my apartment. <laughs> um, so we were going to do some podcasting, and then Katie threw out her back, so I was going to come and bring the podcasting stuff, and then I didn't, because I was also feeling shitty, and then Katie was like, well, why don't you still come over in a few days and bring all the podcasting stuff, and I'll take care of you, and so... And so that is what we're doing, and we are having sleepover casts. We've invited you, <laughs> all 12 of our audience, to have a slumber party with us this evening. Slumber party, let's go! Slumber party! Okay, so let's list all the boys and girls we'd like to kiss <laughs> at school. Um, all of them. Yeah, that is also my list, is all of them. <laughs> so, well, we've, that's, that's it for that segment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're basically camping out. We uh, had a delicious dinner. Thank you. That came me. I made it. She barbecued me some delicious bok choy. Yeah, I made a sesame noodles and some uh, teriyaki chicken thighs mm-hmm. and some barbecue roasted bok choy. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, so here we are. We're having a sleepover cast. It's going to be a bit of an echoey one. Sorry about that, but this is not an acoustically optimized mm-hmm. room. We can definitely tell the difference between the room with all of the panels on it as opposed to just like beautiful turquoise paint. Oh yeah, this it's uh, very reflective because it's actually your spare room is coated in sapphires, right? Basically, yeah. It's a it's a gem gem uh, I don't know, there's gems everywhere cuz I'm very wealthy and yeah. I just stuck them all up everywhere. We were we were talking about how we're secretly so fucking bougie. Oh, <laughs> not we're that so secretly. Bo- like I'm a homeowner first of all, which is like really puts me oh, in yeah. the 1% in, but I married rich, so, you know, it wasn't really, <laughs> I, I haven't hoisted myself on my own, you know, accomplishments at all. <laughs> yeah, um, bootstrapped it quite No, so not at all, but I, I really, we wanted to have lush colors in our place, and so we've basically adopted some kind of uh, peacock uh, palette, and in here, in the spare room, which is also my, my study, my craft room, where I make my art. <laughs> What not? Um, I've painted it in the teal of a 90s mall. I love it so much. It's a very relaxing color. Do you think? I don't know. I find it a little oppressive in here because it's just so like, go to Cinnabon! <laughs> I don't know what else you do at the mall in the I 90s. I love Cinnabon. Do you love Cinnabon? Mm-hmm. They're too big. <laughs> They're real big. They're just way too big. They're the size of a head. Oh, and my head, too. So, like, a big one. A big one. A big head. Yeah. So, here we are. Um, I'm still... I've been on muscle relaxants for, like, the last three or four days. Yeah, because you threw it your damn back. So I'm very elderly. Yeah. Which is not great. Um, apparently, we're mortal, and I'm going to die one day. Yeah. And uh, I alluded a few weeks ago to, like, I'm going to discover all these weird health problems that I'm going to have. And then I talked about being super sick, and I'm still recovering from that. 
which Fuck. is super not fun. So I feel yeah. like I've been punched in the guts for about two weeks straight, and I feel really tired and really cranky about the whole scene. So yeah. luckily, you know, like my my home life is very lovely, and my partner is is wonderful, but not the most nurturing. Whereas Katie is the most nurturing person I know. I am the most nurturing. And person. And literally, she just said like, "Come over and let me take care of you." Yeah, which was great. And so I said to her, we were talking about like how it's so like relieving to not have to make decisions or to have to be competent or <laughs> yeah. anything like that. So she was asking me this morning, like, oh, what would you like for dinner or whatever? And I started getting a bit overwhelmed. I was like, I don't know. Just make a decision. And choose for me. Yeah. And she did. And for that, I am eternally grateful. <laughs> You're welcome. And what I chose for you was sesame noodles, barbecue black choy, uh, yeah. and a pan fried chicken thigh. Yeah. Fucking A. It was so good. With so. Indonesian white pepper and teriyaki sauce. That's very fancy. You're a very good cook. Thank you. Let's just have that on record. (laughs) Please go on the record and tell everyone here that I am a great cook. We're actually not drinking wine. We're drinking some bastardized combination of kombucha and mineral water because we're bougie pieces of shit. Uh, And also (laughs) we ran out of wine (laughs) while we ate dinner. Yeah. Uh, So we'll have to... I think the plan right now is to throw down as much as we can at the moment and then, uh, you know... um, Come back later and see what we're able to handle after we... Because this is a full-on sleepover, so we're going to get all of the stuff. So this is sort of the pre-sleepover. We've been, like, watching TV, sitting on the couch and chatting. It's a regular adult hour where people would, like, go out at this time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's not, you know, we're not really in total let-loose time, although I am in pajama pants. But you've been in pajama pants all day, in fairness. Not true. I've been in pajama pants since just before you got here. I was wearing athletic pants prior to that. Because you did leave the house and not in your, like, awesome pajama pants. Yeah, no, I wore real human clothes to go outside and buy buy groceries so I could make you that dinner and take care of Mm -hmm. you. And also buy the wine that you said that you weren't going to want, but I knew you would. Yeah, you know me very well. That was hysterical. <laughs> would you like to recall the Sure. Story? Well, I had I had a half bottle of uh, of my very favorite under $15 bottle of white wine. This is a sea hag's favorite, everyone. Uh, <laughs> where is this voice coming I from? I don't know. I truly don't. I'm not usually like already one bottle of wine in when we start recording. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm loose. This is, this is like, it sounds like a voice that's very much your like rich bitch voice. Basically. It's totally my rich bitch voice. It's uh, the equivalent of Maria Bamford's Diane, I mm. think. <sighs> it's the same it comes from the same place I think so um, so I, I had a half a bottle in the fridge left over from yesterday and I thought well if it's just going to be me drinking a half a bottle of wine will probably be just fine but then I thought she said she didn't want any but I know she wants some so I just picked up another Pinot Grige don't you know and uh, the second you walked into my house what did you say to me, Miss Chris? Katie, as soon as I got off the train, I just realized that I really wanted some white wine. And then she opened the fridge and produced a bottle of white wine. There it was. Yeah. White wine. Yeah, it was really special. It's My tummy's been just kind of tender. Yeah. So I've been not having any booze for the last little while, but then it's like, mmm. Mmm, kind of like that. We're having like a nice weekend. And what I'm really excited about tonight is I'm going to have a bath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Which, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't had a bathtub in my house for two years now. I used to have a very amazing apartment that had a deep soaker tub. You have a tub, but I would not want to No, 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 but it's not it. a bathtub at all. It's a shower foot graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have a plug. It doesn't really even have taps to run. In order to fill my bathtub in my current place, you would have to basically turn on the shower and just let it fill. Like, there's no bath. Wow. Things. So it's not a bathtub. My mother, my sweet mother, 
came over to our place and stayed there and she normally takes a quick bath in the morning where she just basically runs the tap and just splashes herself because she doesn't want to get her hair wet. Like, you could just point the shower head down, but she doesn't. She just <laughs> likes to squat in the bath and do a little... <laughs> Joanna likes the uh, top and tails bath, eh? That's my grandma used to call it. <laughs> she didn't call it the horse bath. Well, she did. <laughs> but then she would explain that a horse bath is just a top and tails, yeah. Yeah, just the armpits and your snoochy booch. <laughs> your butt. <laughs> Sorry, Joanna. I don't think she knows how to listen to this. <laughs> well, if we if we show her, we'll just conveniently forget that this episode It's exists. fine. I've edited out some other stuff that I've said about my mom. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I know. I have the power of such magic in the recording studio. Aren't you lucky? Yes, but what was I going to say? Yeah. So then, like, now my bathtub. Oh, yeah. So my mom came to my house, and then she turned on, like, the old rusty-ass taps that are on the bottom that nobody uses anymore, and she, like, woke me up. And I was like, Christina, I don't know how to turn off your bath. And I'm like, sorry. I'm like, I didn't even know that you could. turn it on. That's amazing. She's like, yeah, really. Hold on. <laughs> she, uh, where did she sleep? Like on the couch? Yeah, or? on the couch. I've got a really nice comfy pull-out couch, but she doesn't even pull it out. She just sleeps on the couch. She's a very tiny lady. Indeed. And I found that that couch is actually super comfortable, not as a pull-out bed as much, but just... The when couch. You, when you take the back cushions off it just becomes a beautiful queen size or sorry twin size bed that's very oh, yeah? firm nice. and so when I was ill with my stomach flu it was right by the bathroom so I just laid on that and, and then I went up body sleeping. was ruined <sighs> I wound up sleeping on that couch for three days straight because like the first day I was really sick the second day I was like recovering and not sure and I didn't want to be upstairs away from the bathroom the third day I was just like really comfy <laughs> so I didn't third day was like I'm convalescing <laughs> Also, it was very hot, and so downstairs in the darkest room of the house was actually the best place to sleep. Oh, God, no doubt. Bless me. I'd have a hard time not trying to just climb into the, uh, climbing into the, uh, the guitar shop to take a little nap, but I'd probably die from all of the, like, the wood shavings and It gets really, really hot in the basement. Does it? Mm Mm-hmm. That's not how a basement's supposed to work, I know, but it's, our basement is not just a big open room, it's a bunch of tiny sealed off rooms for the humidity control, etc., because of expensive wood. Yeah, I was at my parents' house out in Cloverhole uh, a few weeks what? ago. Oh, sorry. I'm just, you know, I grew up in North Delta. We don't like Surrey, and there's no reason for it. Like, I have absolutely no it's reason. It's just one of the small town rivalry type things. It's some serious bullshit. But I just also, they moved out of North Delta and moved to Cloverdale. I was like, why would you go to Cloverdale? You don't like rodeos. It turns out they like rodeos. <laughs> Your parents... Are a, like, I don't know, what was the, like, a role model for us all, basically? Well, let's... Like, let's constantly changing their... Let's be tender here, because they are, like, one-sixth of our audience base. But I'm just saying that we can learn from them, because they're constantly surprising you, and changing mm-hmm. their tastes, and growing, and... Very true. ...developing as people, and they're both incredibly charming and attractive, so... Right. Are, are you angling for them to, like, be our only Patreon supporters <laughs> or something? <laughs> I could really use a hundred bucks, please, Brendan. <laughs> Oh my god, what if they sent you a hundred bucks? No. No, don't. But actually do. But don't. But do it. But don't. But also do it. But also. (laughs) It's good to make some money. What is their house like in Cloverdale? Oh, right. Thank you for bringing me back to what I was talking about. Originally, uh, we were out there for um, just a little fam jam dinner, and it was one of those real hot days we were having, um, where it was like 30 degrees, and... Of course, they get the late evening sun, and so it was just roasting on the main floor mm. of the house. And they've got this beautiful finished basement. And my mom asked me to like run down and pick up something from the larder, as you do. And uh, 
I just took like two steps down the basement steps and it just felt like I was sinking into water up to my waist, like cool oh, water. Lovely. It was so cool down there. It had to be like 19 degrees versus the 31 it was upstairs. And so it was just like, oh, I'm never leaving. This is where I live now. And so now I live in my parents' basement. <laughs> it's not true. Obviously, I don't. We're in my apartment, yeah, which is super I, warm and way above ground level. I thought you were going to say, it's like, well, now like I, the basement was so cool. Now I live in my parents' basement, and all I do is say mean things to people on the internet. <laughs> yep. I just, I just tell people that they're fat and gay and should kill themselves on the internet, and that's what I say to everyone all day. Although, if I just told everybody that they were fat and gay, people would be like, why are you just describing your friends? <laughs> just most of us. We're are. just all fat and gay. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's great. Those are not insults. They're just accurate descriptors yeah, of what we are. It's a good way to be. Just a little bit fat, a little bit gay. I like it. That's how it kind of just... I don't know how else to be, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we've all tried to be different things. I've tried then... really hard to not be like fat and gay, and I just keep coming back. Mm-hmm. So, you know. A little fat and bi. Anyway. Yeah. It, yeah just, it just feels like our true homeostatic self. Fat and gay. Yeah, homeosexual. <laughs> our homeostasis sexuality as a little bit fat, a little bit gay. Yeah. And may I say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who don't identify with either, it's pretty great. Yeah. Just be a little fat and gay. It's fun. We get to eat tasty snacks and kiss cute people. Yeah, it works out really well. I guess, like, straight people can do that, too, but it's just more fun. Yeah, then they have to jog. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta burn off this kissing. Yeah, burn off all that kissing, and then they have to read that Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus book, and that's just depressing for everybody. You left your drink all the way over there. I do really you want do. It? Yeah, I do. I'm, do gonna, I'm gonna. Okay. I'll go get it. Okay. Um, but I just wanted to figure out what to talk about first. Okay. Or I guess we'll edit this a little bit out, maybe, or no? Mm. You're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll just let my brain work. It's I'm, all part of the process. I'm just feeling really like down and low energy and extremely exhausted, so I really don't know what to what to talk about. Well, you said you were you before we even got in here. I guess it's like ten degrees warmer than the other room or something. But you were like. You were like, oh, I was really sad, and now I feel happy, and so yeah. I'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. I'll get you your drink. Oh, thank you. You talk, you babble. I don't know. Uh, just the enduring power of, like, oh, no, the microphone. Oh, no, the microphone. Um, just basically this, like, enduring, lovely, wonderfulness of my caring female friends that I have. Hello. And, like, I was feeling so down, because, like, I don't know, I'm just tired. I'm adjusting to new job. I'm adjusting to... Like, just being in this body, and it's kind of failing me, and I'm feeling all cruddy and shit. We're and on a bed, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're sitting on a bed. <laughs> to, uh, to quote Jen Kirkman's podcast, she always pats her bed because she... She's like, come sit bed. down next to me. Yeah. That's this cute. is the sleepover cast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was just feeling, like, really tired and awful, and I had to cancel a lot of things. In the last couple of weeks, actually, I even, like, sent out a big message to people, like, look... I'm really sorry, and I know that I always like it when people invite me to stuff, but I actually even need you to stop inviting me to stuff because it's stressing me out. I know. That's not like you. I know, and it's like, please stop asking me to come to band practice. I love playing music with you, but if you just give me two weeks where you just don't ask me when I'm free because I can't even think about it, and when you even send me, it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be now. It could be later. It's like, even that makes me want to cry. Yeah, and then I have to, like, leave this email marked unread so I remember to look at it later, but then it just, like, looks at me every time I open my inbox and it's stressing me out. And Yeah, so ugh, I just had to be real straight up that. with people being like, I cannot, simply. And and two weeks of pure self-care. Basically. And so I was supposed to do, like, some nice things where I was caring for others this weekend and playing mm-hmm. some music, and I just kind of canceled on everyone. And just couldn't do you, it. Thank you, Katie, for taking me in after that point where I'm like, I'm sick, I'm tired, help. 
Yeah, I, you know, that's that's sort of my forte in a lot of ways. I'm, yeah, yeah I, I really like looking after people when they are just very much, like, when they've given up the ghost, sort of. They're like, I can't do anything, can you do everything for me? And I was like, yes. I know exactly what you need if you want me to tell you what it is you need. Mm-hmm. And then I'll make sure that it's here, and I'll do that. And that's, like, that's the thing I'm very good at, and I wish was something that was able to translate into something that you could be remunerated for, but mm-hmm. alas, this, my skills are very soft and not what's valued in our culture. Which is a real shame, because I feel like this is very important. Oh, yeah. And, like, as I meet with folks that, like, they get, you know, home support in terms of, like, you've got someone that comes over and does your laundry for you once mm-hmm. a week or, like, helps you with bathing, like, this is for, like, elderly folks or whatever that I've worked with, and they still feel like there's something missing, and I mm-hmm. feel like it's the, I shouldn't have to make all these decisions, or I just want a little bit of extra company, or I just don't want to have to always hold it together. Mm-hmm. You just kind of want to be able to let go and, like, put yourself in someone else's care sometimes, and yeah. it feels really good. I'm bad at it. I On, on the other end of things, like, um, my wife uh, really took some good care of me recently. Um, like, first of all, I was really overwhelmed. I don't know if I mentioned that I was going to go to Portland on a previous podcast, but Mm -hmm. it was a very last minute decision less than two weeks before I went. Um, My boss had told me that I, you know, I hadn't taken time off in a while and I was certainly entitled to do so. And so I immediately thought, well, I really want to go see my, one of my best friends, Nikki, who lives in Portland. Uh, And I, I was like, oh, I love, I do it every year. Generally speaking, I try to go to Portland at least once a year. I usually go with my wife or I go by myself. This time I went by myself. Last year I went by myself and my friend, um, who is going through a divorce from somebody that I've been wanting her to break up with for a really long time. <laughs> Sorry. I just, like, it was just so freeing, like, and to get there and realize, like, oh my god, my friend who has been, like, suffering for a while, it's so good to see her happy oh, so again. Nice. And, and it was just, like, it was so great to, you know, hear from my boss, like, like, please go. Like, please go and do something that makes you feel good. And to have my wife go, like, please take the car go spend some money, like, go to, oh, what, the other thing is she got a job, a, a, she got a new job, so she, we, she was able to say, like, go, don't worry about it, I filled up the car for you, so you don't even have to worry about getting gas till you get down to Portland, and it totally, like, it was one tank of gas to get all the way Ooh. down there, um, it didn't take me all that long, and it was just such a, oh, so I went down for four days, and I should have gone for a week, because, holy fuck, I had the best time, like, the best What did time. you do in Portland? Did you put tequila in that kombucha? I put a little bit of tequila in that kombucha! <laughs> I just suddenly got the taste of it, and I didn't realize. <laughs> it's not very much. It's, like, less than half an ounce. Katie. There was just a little bit left. <laughs> I should have told you. I'm you should have told me. I'm it's sorry. fine. It's delicious. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That, that startled me momentarily. <laughs> you would have noticed it earlier if you hadn't left it on the desk. And then you could have called me out earlier, and you might not have been so into it. <laughs> I'm a bad and great friend. Oh dear. It's fine. There's very little in there. I, I trust you and love you. <laughs> Thank you. I only drug you a little bit. Uh, so anyway. Uh, what did you do in Portland, Katie? Well, I, I really wanted to do some comedy when I went down to Portland. Because, um, like, obviously you don't get paid when you're an amateur. But uh, the ability to do something for a totally fresh audience that I've already practiced a lot, mm-hmm. like, feels really fresh and yeah, exciting. Yeah, because you were saying, like, in, in some of the other episodes, you know... Like, with Denise and stuff, you guys were talking about, like, we want to go up, like, as much as we can, but I'm worried about repeating repeating the same stuff over and over for the same crowd, so, like, taking it on tour. Yeah, well, exactly. And all I did was just, like, contact a few people. Um, I knew this guy. I didn't get to see see him this time, but he hosts a 
Sunday, like Sunday afternoon open mic, which I love because it starts at four and it ends at seven thirty. <laughs> like it's just, it's just done. Like, you know, you're just fucking done. How civilized. It's so civilized. There's actually one starting in uh, Vancouver that's going to be on Sunday afternoons, which nice. I'm really excited about. Um, I'll have to come up with a link for it because it's, um, I think it's starting up next week and I'm pretty sure I'm on the show. So I should probably make sure that I know that that's happening. Okay. So anyway, I think it's next Sunday. Uh, anyway, so I met this guy, Chris, also named Chris, present company. Hey, people named Chris are great. So he's, he's, I think his name is Chris Katami actually. And I met, he he was a host and we just hit it off. And so I just messaged him on Facebook, like, Hey, I'm coming to Portland. Do you know of any like shows I could come in and do? And he said, well, I don't, nothing that I'm booking, but you know, I'll, I'll check around. And then I don't know what else I did. I just like contacted this guy, Trevor Thorpe and said, Hey, I see you have an open mic and that you guarantee spots for out of town guests. I'm coming from out of town. Here's my video. Could I get a spot? And he's like, Oh, we're actually doing a showcase this Thursday, but I have a, I have a, a free spot. So if you want oh, to do it, so I, okay. got a, I didn't get a five minute spot. I got a seven minute spot and yeah. I got to go for like eight and I killed, well, killed is generous, but I did very well in this room. I was one of the better received comics, which yeah. is, it was in a speakeasy. Okay. Oh, like, fucking <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Let me just like really quickly run through everything I did in Portland and it will sound like it's fake. It will sound like I just stole stuff from Portlandia and I didn't. It's but it's happened. because it's all based on reality anyway. <laughs> That's true. Um, so what happened? So I drove down to Portland and then my first, and I stayed with my friend, my very good friend who's real actual adult job, like government aware, <laughs> pays taxes. Mm-hmm. She sells cannabis extracts from her company to dispensaries. All right. So she's in the cannabis business and that's my friend that I stayed with. Uh, and then the first night, my first show was at this place called Circa 33 and it is a prohibition style bar. And I mm-hmm. went up to the, the hostess at this bar and said, I'm supposed to do a comedy show tonight. Uh, I don't know anybody here. Can you tell me where I'm supposed to go and who I'm supposed to talk to? She's like, okay, so go to the end of this bar, turn right, go down to the end of this hallway, open a door. It's going to be red. Walk to the end of that hallway. You're going to come to a bookcase gonna pull out the book that says mafia and then on the keypad you're gonna enter 1933 and then the bookcase will Fuck. open and behind the bookcase is where you're gonna be performing and that's like, so awesome Fuck <laughs> off on your penny farthing bicycle <laughs> with your artisanal harmonicas that's so deliciously portland and i was I like love it. well my immediate response was like i'm not fucking doing that <laughs> like i can't remember what you just said i'm stoned <laughs> Because my friend sells weed for a job. <laughs> oh, but before I even got there, we went for dinner at a paleo restaurant. Of course. And it was delicious. It was yeah. very good. Um, so, yeah. So, I got to the show, and the guy running it, Trevor Thorpe, lovely man, looks like he was die-cast at Powell's Books. Like, that's how Portland he is. Nice. Like, he's got the high top, or the uh, the pompadour fade mm. with the big bushy beard mm-hmm. and all the tattoos and, like, the tight button-up chambray shirt. And the, mm. It's hot as hell. Oh, fuck Sorry, yeah. tre- hey, Trevor, if you're, you know, when I was, like, five, he's, like, concentrating five foot, five feet, seven inches of, like, being a real cute little Portland. I won't, well, sounds smoochable. Okay, he's pretty cute. Yeah. That's, I'm going to totally, he, I, he has the link to this. He can see this if he wants to. Sorry. See it, read it. It's fine. Come to Vancouver. Be flirted with a lot. Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, he was super lovely, and he put me. He took my video and like put it up on this Portland Bookers forum, and then a bunch of people got in touch with me and offered me spots, and I couldn't take them because they were all like after I was leaving. So if I just stayed for a few extra days, I could have done like all of these amazing queer themed shows okay. that my my material would have worked so well for. So it's like now I know people 
in Seattle, in, in Portland, and I also managed to talk to someone from Seattle who cool. is connected to the comedy scene, so it's like, Feels like you could do a little bit of a West Coast, Coast yeah. little PN dub tour <laughs> into it. So that was what happened. Uh, first night in Portland, and then the next day, uh, it was like a whole bunch of the same, and then I did a set at an open mic called All Jokes Aside, and it is held in a dive bar that sells Neapolitan pizza, like they have a wood-burning oven and they sell artisanal pizzas, mm-hmm. it's called the Rusty Nail, <laughs> and the guy running it is that sort of like greasy, punky, skinny kind of guy that you were, uh, that we were talking about earlier today, we were, Chris and I were watching Chef's Table and we're uh, fawning over one of the chef's husbands, because he was super like scrawny, scraggly hot, mm. with all of his crags. Also a sommelier, which He's a sommelier. I do appreciate that kind of talent, <laughs> pair some food and wine. <laughs> just like yeah. salacious French grunting. I don't know it's great <laughs> it was Slovenian in the show anyway yeah so the so that day the next day that we were that I was in Portland this the Friday did that show and it went really well and then my friend needed to get her hair done so we went to her friend's her friend's house her friend's name is Bird and Bird lives in like this big shared house in Portland uh, <laughs> all of the decor I would refer to it as Saganist because there was, like, these posters of Baphomet, like, the devil, and all this kind of stuff. But then there were frame portraits of Carl Sagan. Oh, Jesus Christ. Everywhere. And there was, like, a frame poster of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and a WWE belt on the wall. Like, and everybody who lived in this house was, like, queer, trans, and poly, and all of those, like, very Portlandy things. So Bird lives in a yurt in the backyard. Bird yurt! Bird yurt. So when she lived in Seattle, the yurt was named Yurt Cobain. And now that she lives in Portland, the yurt is named Yurt Vonnegut. Oh my god. So she lives in Yurt Vonnegut in the backyard, and Bird, living in Yurt Vonnegut, gave me a tarot reading in her yurt in Portland. And what did your tarot reading say? You're going to have the best time ever? Yeah, I was going to have the... It was just a three-card draw, and she was just like, wow, you have a very stable-based relationship in your life. Like, you have a a partner that is really, like, in support of you, and who really takes good care of you, and who Mm -hmm. cares about you, and that's like... The, the stable base from which you, like, extend your arms out and have adventures and stuff. And I was like, bang on. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. basic thing to say, but it's very true in my mm-hmm. case. So, love that. Isn't it, isn't it what... I don't know. I know that that's what I always aspire for, which I feel like I've got, where it's like, you want a nice, solid foundation, but then also to, like, be able to jump off and do cool adventures and then come back to Absolutely. You. And so I like that, that. I like that very much. And that was that was the most Portland thing that happened to me, was getting my tarot read by a girl named Bert... By, by a girl named Bert... In a blurty blur blur blur. I lost it. It's hot in here. Uh, I got my tarot read in a yurt by a girl named Bird. It's hard to say that. Like, That's I challenge lot. any sober person listening to this to do that. I'm not like you. I'm better. I'm drunk. So, yeah, Portland was incredible. It was really restorative. And, you know, my wife really, like, made a huge effort to, like, make that super easy for me. And what I... To bring it, the fact that I'm able mm-hmm. to bring it back to what we were originally talking about, I'm very impressed with You're myself. You're amazing. I'm, I'm really pleased. Pretty wrecked. Um, yes, you said that twenty times. So <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> but I, I, I've been really like direct about how when I came home, I really wanted the house to be clean, and it was so clean when Yay. I came home. Like there was not a shred of garbage in the house. It smelled all fresh. She bought new Coke, like we had Coke Zero in the fridge and like a full Brita and our the sheets on our bed were brand new, fresh and clean. What a nice treat. It was so nice to come home like late on Sunday to that and just everything was exactly where I wanted it to be and she had bought me 
the turkey bacon club from Tim Hortons and had it out on a plate for me with like, yeah, a nice little glass of wine. It was so nice to come home to that. That is super adorable. So that's like, I let her take care of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I let her tell me to go and do something that was good for myself and then was able to like say, I need this when I come home and she gave me all that and more and it was so nice. That's really, really good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where sometimes it's just really nice to be able to say what you need and get it, but then, like, also sometimes it's nice to not have to necessarily say what you need, but then the person knows kind of the things that you like at least and can put that together. Because they know it's like, oh, you're coming home, and so you're coming home late, so I'll make sure that you've got your favorite snack and your, your this and that. And it's like, I'm a big fan of clear communication, obviously, and I don't expect anyone to be a mind reader, but maybe to know from, like, the last time that I asked for something, maybe to, like, remember to do it again. Like, yeah, it's, that's... I, that's it's the way, hard, that's my that's my love language for people is doing stuff for them, yes, right? And so, like, to know what they like and what they don't like and to be able to remember that, I feel like that's communicating that I've been paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to me. And it's something that's why I, like, remember who has what food allergies or preferences and stuff because it's, it's just an extension of me caring about them is, like, maintaining this database of information about them. Yeah, I feel like our database of information to people is, like, extensive. Yeah. like, I know all of my friends' food preferences watch. Like, someone's going to be like, you fucking did not remember this, but so far it hasn't happened. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's drywall. Well. <laughs> that that probably is wood. Okay, cool. Um, you know, but then also knowing, like, what are the certain things, like, I don't post certain stuff on certain social media platforms because I know that they're triggering to friends unless I tag them properly yeah. or, like. All these different things that we remember. Emotional labor. It is, right? It takes up a lot of space in one's brain. Too much RAM. So, I definitely felt like I ran out of that RAM. And so I was very happy to relinquish some control to you, too. Okay. Well, I I mean, it makes me feel good to take care of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It makes me feel useful. And like I'm doing the thing that I was kind of made to do. Again, it, it just bums me out that that's not something that is really well valued in our culture. It's like this idea that women just like are inherently, like, it's inherently valuable work to us, like, that we get so much out of it that we don't need to be thanked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, fucking hey, thank us. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 guys, get in real close. Here's the thing. We want to be thanked. <laughs> Please thank us. <laughs> that was really creepy. Well, we'll see. <laughs> was it the, Was it creepy? If it was, please write us at Paul at Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> oh wait, at CX Podcast. I forgot that I spend ninety five percent of my life cosplaying as as Paul F. Tompkins and just pretending to be him. And also, he's not a real person; he's just a character I made up. No, it's just me with a mustache. <laughs> you could actually do a pretty good Paul F. Tompkins cosplay. Actually, could I? If you got I a real feel like you could do suit. a pretty good one. I might you got be a similar able to. smile. Yeah, I might be able to. Well, why don't we just dress up as? Why don't we just dress up as Paul Tompkins? I could dress up as Paul Tompkins. You, you could dress up as Kurt Braunel. I was gonna say Scott Ackerman. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then we just sing the Cantina theme song. Steal another podcast stuff. That's really that's not this is amateur hour. Oh, speaking of Kurt Braunel, though, which I think I might have forgot to tell you. Uh, when I was in Portland, 
<laughs> I did not have sex with Kurt Brown. Oh, the damn first it. Year. He is a married man. Oh, well, that's for the best. Thing. Yes, probably. Uh, but it was just like, there's so many weird little kismet moments where I was like, oh my God, I'm in the place I'm supposed to be. I always feel that way when I live, when I'm in Portland, I just like wish there was some sort of agreement between our two nations that I could just go and hang out there and steal all their cold pressed coffee. Um, but I was just like, I pee- the first thing I did when I got to Portland was like pee in my friend's bathroom that she shares with her roommate. And I looked up, like just looked up and Kurt Brownler's face was looking at me. It's like, why is this happening? And I realized that it was a towel. It was a Kurt Brownholer towel from his like fundraising that he, did, he did for that, like, like the cows and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just is his face shiny on like, uh, what do you call it? Um, terry cloth. <laughs> and it just says, keep it dry. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And so I was like, Nikki, does your roommate really like comedy? She's like, oh yeah, I don't know, I forgot to tell you that. <laughs> so I got to meet Nikki's roommate, Lauren, who is, if I don't imagine she's listening to this, but yeah, if she is, Lauren, super. you're super fucking cool. Great. So we like all the same comedy, basically, and we're able to be like, I love Matt Bronger. You love Matt Bronger? I love Matt Bronger. How about that Ian Carmel? I went to high school with Ian Carmel. Yeah. And how was he? He was nice. Yeah. All the good, nice Portland people. They're all so nice. Yeah. I want them to come to our sleepover. Yeah, I, well, I think I tweeted that to Ian Carmel a few months ago because I was listening to, like, some podcast he did, and I was like, I want to have a sleep summer party with Ian Carmel. I feel like we'd have a great time in our footy pajamas. And he wrote back, and he was like, yes, thanks. Let's do it. Let's do it. So maybe next time you're in, oh, he's not in Portland anymore, but... No, but maybe next time JFL Northwest happens, if he comes up here, maybe we can get Ian Carmel to come to a slumber party. <laughs> I feel like he would. Like, we're cute girls. We got... I got weed. <laughs> I was like, we got, no, I do. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> no, you're no fun at all. No. You're just like, Katie, is there tequila in this drink you made me? Are you trying to get my defenses down? Yeah, I felt like such a, like, Prohibition era strumpet. Where like, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Oh. Are you okay? You went from, like, I'm good to, like, I'm not so good. I feel like I'm getting really tired again. <laughs> Maybe you need to take a nap. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a, I've just been, I've been feeling like the sadness. Just washes over while. you. Yeah. So intervals. I just think that maybe I just am having depression right now, which is. Ew. Yeah. Ew. I know. Gross. It's probably a thing. And it's like, uh, the current job that I have is like awesome. And it's actually one of the least stressful jobs I've ever had because like, I'm not dealing with anybody's life or death. Yeah. And it's funny to be like, oh, it's not a life or death situation. It's like, literally, I don't have to bring anyone back from being dead, which I used to have to do. It's just your regular day, you know? And, or like, but we're still dealing with some crises, but like, the things that are really getting to me is just like, I need to respond to like a whole bunch of emails. We get so many emails from people Mm -hmm. that are concerned, and I really want people to feel like you are being heard. Right. So this is like a very general thing. Anytime you email a politician, they do have staff that are reading all of the emails. Right. So they know, like it actually doesn't just go nowhere. Yeah. Even if you don't get a response back, they are using that data to be like, this is what the people in my area care about. Right. But I really wanted to personally respond to every single thing. And then I'm realizing that that is impossible. How many are you getting every day? Like 30. Which is not that many emails, but they all are about, like, I have this very deep, sincere concern, and please could you... If they're not asking for help, they're just asking for, like, what are you doing about it? 
And it's hard. And a lot of yeah. these issues develop very rapidly, so it's very hard to be like, well, we did this a little while ago, but I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of waiting for like some stuff to calm down so we could like send out like a wrap-up of issues. And mm-hmm. Anyway, I just want to set a good precedent of being like... A responsive office. Yeah, like, you are heard, and you are, like, your voice is actually incredibly valuable, because mm-hmm. now we know, like, this issue is very important to people that live in our neighborhood, so... Yeah. But anyway, I shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> I just, I want people to know that if you, like, make complaints to government offices, and if you send emails to your various politicians, mm-hmm. like, they do get read, and they do actually matter a lot. Real human beings are... Are reading by. those, Yeah. A.K.A. also, real human beings are there when you fucking scream at them on the phone. So that's also been happening to me a lot, which is not fun. That's off an awful so, feeling. So, like, I'm trying to have a good time, and I really like it, but I just am feeling a little overwhelmed. That's yeah. like... Well, with all the, like, the physical health stuff coming up, and just, like, the, like, fragility of being alive and mm-hmm. just trying to be happy, it's, like, very overwhelming. It's mm-hmm. really... It's a scary thing, and I've been really feeling that a lot lately. Like, I'm in a great mood today, but because I get to see you, and because I've slept the last mm-hmm. couple of nights really well, which is, well, great, we have a nice update on yeah, the podcast. for those today. of you like, who've been following Katie's insomnia trials, like, they're getting slightly better for the last tiny little bit. Yeah, I've gotten at least five hours in, of sleep a night since I went to, since before I went to Portland, which Five is, hours of sleep, oh, that's... Well, so I don't good. get that much a lot of the time, oh so... Yeah, if everybody's like, oh, why are you so sweet and sunshiny? Can you imagine how nice I would be if I actually got eight hours of sleep a night? Like, fucking cure every disease. <laughs> and adopt all the orphans. You would have so much more love to give even I'd have then, so like, many orphans. <laughs> you would have, like, this crazy orphan army. <laughs> yes. Storm through the streets of New Westminster, like... Absolutely. Steal- they would be like, oh, you know, they'd all be like, I'd make them dress up like the orphans from Oliver. <laughs> I'd make them be like Victorian pickpockets. And you'd wear fingerless gloves and just come in. <laughs> You've got to pick a pocket to two boys. <laughs> We're girls. You're boys now. <laughs> Put on your newsboy cap, newsboy. And they would just like hand out like the metro at the SkyTrain station. But like, no, I'm gay. I got them real jobs. I just told them that they're grifting. Aww, <laughs> so then do you keep all the money or are you just yep. like but then you use it to like make a big beautiful house for all the orphans so they're actually sure. they want for nothing that's what I do <laughs> and like, it's like it cuts to my super in ground swimming pool the kids are like can we come for a swim no it's only for me <laughs> we're talking about like what bougie assholes we are sometimes. oh yeah well let's get back to being bougie assholes that's fun times because I'm not actually going to adopt all these kids. Yeah, we were talking about not having kids right dark now. stuff, but maybe we need to not do that. I don't know. We don't want to get too far into it. Yeah, it's fine. A lot of our friends have had babies lately, and we're like so excited about it, but also just really glad that we don't have babies right at this exact second. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I want to go pee right now. I can just go and do that. I don't have another human person that I have to like put down. And go do that. And, like, negotiate with somebody else to look at that human person while I go and pee. Yeah. And that is a really precious freedom to me at this exact Mm -hmm. moment in time in my life. And I just, like, because, like, my health has not been great and I'm just kind of feeling yucky and it gets me into a dark place where I'm like, what am I even doing? Am I even, like, living the point? Am I even, like, living life to the fullest? Like, is this all there is? That was the thing. I was like, is this all? And it's like, if I'm working so much... To, like, make some money to, like, pay off a bunch of debt. Mm-hmm. To then, like, I want to be able to have a job that will allow me to, like, do my creative pursuits. Yep. And, like, explore the world and all of this. But 
I don't know what that is because I've had jobs before that allowed me to have my creative pursuits because they weren't particularly like they didn't they weren't quite as time consuming Mm -hmm. and they didn't really take out a lot of my mental energy Mm -hmm. but then I found the job very boring so then I'm like Mm -hmm. well I want this job now that is like so engaging and so wonderful and exactly what I want to do and I feel like I'm really well suited to it but it takes up like all my time and I've had to cancel like every band practice every gig Mm -hmm. even paying gigs I've had to cancel because I'm so tired like I could be making 250 bucks playing a triple bar mitzvah right now and I'll give you 20 bucks to dance for me. Yeah, I would probably do that. But you did just cook me dinner, so I think that I could probably just dance for you anyway. Well, I'm a very generous benefactor. I did wear my lowest cut dress. And and I thank you. Yeah. The internet would thank you if they could hear it. Mm-hmm. If they could hear your boobs. For those of you at home, <laughs> just leaned in real close to the microphone. That was them. That's the sound of the boobs. Working, Working on, on the chain. <laughs> So glad. So we're so we're bougie pieces of shit, and this is something that we're having a hard time reckoning with. I think like, and that's like my wife and I were having a huge conversation about this the other day, realizing like I now I myself I miss Katie Nordgren can be fine with less than what I have right now, but I don't think that Miss Tessa can either. Uh, I don't think that she can handle not having like a brand new beautiful TV, brand new beautiful computer, and a nice little fast zippy car. Uh, those are things that are really important to her. Those are things I love having, but mm-hmm. I could deal without. Mm-hmm. But now that I have them, if someone took them away, I'd be like, no, my things. My shiny stuff. My things that make me forget <laughs> that I'll die one day. Basically. And, like, you know, my partner and I, like, got a truck that's been really amazing. It's yeah. actually, it has improved our lives because it's sure. enabled us, like, go into nature all the time. And we just bought all this camping stuff. We went camping last weekend. Nice. And so, like, I spent two days... Like, sitting in beautiful nature, like, up in Tunkwa Lake, which is one of the best, like, trout fishing lakes, and we, like, had enough money left over, because we saved money on, like, certain things to, like, rent a little putt-putt boat and went out into the middle of the lake, and I hauled in three fucking huge Rambo trout, two pounds each, man. And so we barbecued a bunch of trout, and it did, like, rain all night the second night, but we just sat in the car with the car on. It was such, like, a shitty whatever. It's a luxury, though. But we, like, and our car has, like, leather seats, so I felt like I was sitting in a warm leather armchair with, like, the seat warmers don't work, but we were blasting the heat for a while because it was eight degrees. We literally, we chose, okay, so we chose to go camping um, up in Merritt because I checked all the weather forecasts and it was supposed to be really gross in the lower mainland. So I'm like, where does the weather start getting better? And it's like, oh, okay, the interior, perfect. So we found a place that had like lots and lots of camping spots. It was also supposed to be a great fishing spot and lots of good reading spots for me. Um, the important thing. Normally I would like read while Ed fishes, but I also have a fishing license and I like to do it. So I, sure. Anyway. So then we get up there, and it was, like, already raining by the time we were driving up, and it was so beautiful in the lower mainland, the forecast had, like, switched over. Fuckers. So whatever. But we got to the lake. It was, like, this beautiful lake, and lots of just, like, chill folks, because it's really good for fishing. So it's all these couples in their 60s that have been, like, RVing around for, like, you know, we met these people next door to us that were just like, oh, we've been, you know, we're heading back to Port Alberni, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool, you're having a nice weekend. They're like, oh, no, we've been RVing around since May. They've just... They went from Port Alberni up to the tip of Vancouver Island, took the inside passage up, and then just wound their way down. Mm, the life. And we were kind of joking, like, oh, these people have, like, a satellite TV in their RV, and then we're like, yeah, because they've been fucking on the road for three months or whatever. And they 
Yeah, they seem really nice. They're two little cute dogs and just like, what a life. It's a it's a good life. You like, know? RVing is a good time. It reminded me of your folks who like to like RV and go golfing. Like, yeah, sounds well, they don't, they're not really RVers, but they do have like their little van that mm-hmm. they go around and, you know, they went around for six or seven months around all of the United States. Like, I've always wanted to do that. So I guess maybe that's when I'm going to do that. That van has lasted 10 years. Like, awesome. it's still in such good shape. The old Ford, not Ford, sorry, Honda Odyssey. It's mm. a... Yeah, they got it specifically for that purpose, and they went on this insane adventure for six months. Like, they saw a person die on this trip. Like, they just, like, like, well, to be fair, I saw someone die in my honeymoon. Like, Mm -hmm. people die. It's a thing that happens. They're not special. I'm sorry. No, it was a really, like, major event that happened for them. And, like, so many things just, like, happened to them on this trip that was just so, like, life-changing and Mm -hmm. huge. And it's just so amazing. Like, leisure is so important. And I think that I get a little silly when we talk about like, oh, we need to take this time off. I need to go on this trip. I need to go do this and stuff because there's so many people who never get a chance to do any of these things. Like they either can't, they either just simply don't have any vacation time at all and they can't afford to take time off or they just can't afford to go a place. Mm -hmm. And so like I realized just how insanely privileged I am absolutely, and how fortunate and like, honestly, like I must be wealthy for my age bracket. Like, Mm -hmm. and so I feel very, very fortunate and lucky, but like just realizing that that stuff isn't really optional because yes. I, I haven't been taking the time off. Like I have been like, granted I only work a four day week, so I get a three day weekend every week and it's pretty restorative, but I also hadn't taken any time off since last July. Okay. And so I made it all the way like halfway into June and realized like, I just hate everything I'm doing. Like I'm so cranky. I need a rest where I just don't have to like be getting up at six fifty and like just go and do like, office work all day you know it's just mm-hmm. it's my job is great it's not a shitty job but it's soul crushing to do the same thing constantly and not take a break and it's so important to go do things that feel good to you and I don't I wish that everybody could afford to just like stop working on number 50 mm-hmm. and then just like live a life of simple leisure after that yeah because like, it doesn't have to be super complicated like we literally so like part of our trip you know we went up we set up a tent we cooked some delicious, you know, food on the barbecue. We went to bed early. We got up early and, like, put some hooks in the water and fished and... Caught some goddamn fish. Caught some goddamn fish and barbecued said fish and read books. And, like, it was really, really nice. Sounds like a wonderful You don't time. have to do, like, a whole crazy vacation. They need to be able to afford to not be at work exactly. for a few days, basically. Exactly. And that's just not a luxury that's available to everybody. And that sucks because, like, really, right now, I live for leisure. Like, that's why I get up every day and go to work is so I can afford to go on mm-hmm. trips and to, like, have things. And that's capitalism for you, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's, like, it sucks that I have to trade this amount of time to just feel comfortable. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who have to trade a lot more time to feel a lot, feel a lot less comfortable. Yeah. And that sucks. And I really wish that... Like, everyone got the time off, because my boss said something amazing. She was like, um, I really want you to take some time if you're not feeling well, because the work is always going to be there. And I think that that's the truest thing ever. Like, mm-hmm. the work that we're doing in whatever field, yeah. it's always going to be there. You're not going to finish it if you stay here. Right. And she's like, but you won't always be here, and I don't want you to, like, burn out prematurely. Like, yeah. I want you around. So even though the work is never going away, you might, and I don't want that to happen, so please yeah. take some time off right now. Absolutely. And That's such a, such a wonderful, beneficial thing to hear from your, mm-hmm. your superiors. Yeah. So I, To get I, that from our respective bosses, I think, was so good for yeah. us. Yeah. And so I hope that that is something that other folks get, but it, I know sure that it is not, because I know so many people that are working like three jobs right now, 
or like two full-time jobs Ugh. where you do like whatever in the evenings and you know it's so expensive to live in the city yeah so it's a bit of a grind anyway that like it makes me feel a bit dark yeah well it but does then, like, but then like the luckiness comes in so then I'm like I feel bad for feeling sad about that but let's well let's spend, <laughs> let's spend a short amount of time digging down okay. into the darkness then let's, okay. let's get into the crevasse I gotta move a little bit oh sorry your, microphone your pajama pants are getting up into that crevasse yeah they're really just riding up there I wonder can they hear me from the back it's an omnidirectional uh, microphone yeah there's holes in it all over the place so this is good hopefully it's not whatever it doesn't matter um so my back's still kind of fucked up so I needed to move positions and mm-hmm. lie out a bit Anyway, uh, the, the darkness aspect, and I've been really, like, getting into that lately and feeling really guilty about it also, because I, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not allowed to be depressed, because mm-hmm. I'm fortunate. Like, things are good in my life, but I also just, like, I'm so exhausted by just doing the same things all the time, and yeah. realizing that, like, I actually have to put a shitload of effort in to get ahead, but then what happens when I get ahead? Like, what are we doing? Like, what, what what next platform am I getting to? Right, and then it's like, once you get to that point, does that make you happy? Am I done? Like, yeah. then, what do I do then? Like, what do I do when I'm done? How do I know when I'm done? Mm-hmm. What is completeness? Like, what should I be doing? Because I don't think that my job that I get paid for is changing a ton of lives, and it doesn't really seem like very, uh, career because it doesn't really use me all that much. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a great job, and I love it, and I will keep it as long as I can, mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's great. Like, I love But this is, like, if you want to put it into, like, terms of our creative pursuits, like, comedy, it's like, okay, so you get more famous, you get more well-known, like, okay, so it gives you the opportunity to perform more, that's really good. Sure. And then the the opportunity to maybe start getting paid for your art, that's really good, but then it's like, do you still keep climbing? Do you still keep going? Yeah, do I want to be on television? I don't, really. Yeah, so, like, what are these plateaus that we're trying to get to, and, like, what is the reason that we want to do them? So, I like, I have goals, I have a list of goals, and I'm achieving a lot of them at a pretty, like, reasonable rate, Mm -hmm. but what am I, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I trying, like, is there a moment where I'm finished? Like, and I realize that... When, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing, like, all of the wisdom that we hear is that mm-hmm. there isn't a point where your life is done. Yeah. Like, you're always doing it, and you're always in the process of making yourself and making your life. And I'm like, ugh, that sounds really annoying. That sounds tiring. But then it's like, if you think about it, too, if you're suddenly done in a place, then does done mean just doing the same thing over and over? Because that then sounds like hell. Yeah. Right? So then if you have to do all the same things to keep where you're at... That's also hard, so then you want to yeah. try to be in a different place. So I think it's okay to keep, like, striving yeah. for something feels really, again, it's the individualism, the capitalism, the, like, climbing and maybe stepping on other people to get there to, yeah. like, achieve your shit. That's uncomfortable. But if it's just trying to do something always different and always expanding your horizons, being curious, Based on learning, the work that you yourself like, have already done. Like, that, and that's what I've tried to mm-hmm. say before. Like, in our bonus episode, when I talk about, when we talk so much about collaboration, not competition, it's like... Well, what am I trying to do? And it's just like, I'm just trying to be a better version of myself every day, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's worthwhile. But it's just like, when you're tired, when you're not getting a break and you're not, for me, like being tired, so much of it is related to the fact that I do, I can't sleep like a lot of the time. And like I was saying to you, like a five hour sleep is like a decent night for me. Yeah. And you just looked horrified. Yeah. I didn't realize when you said I don't sleep because to me getting five hours a night would be like, I'm not sleeping. Yeah, well, that's, and that's, like, five hours a night is, like, not the worst night for me at all. Like, a bad night for me is maybe two or three hours. Five hours is pretty average. Um, and so, like, the fact is I don't rest at night when I go to sleep. Like, I get just enough to get through the next day. And so it feels like a lot of the time 
I think that my my insomnia contributes to my emotional state in a yeah. really negative way because kind of like I feel fumes. yeah I feel stuck because I can't get ahead like it's just the one step forward one step back like it's not even two steps back it's just I'm maintaining my position by like going forward and then slipping back so any mm-hmm. progress I make is then stymied by the fact that I cannot restore myself because I will not like take an extended period of time off. I'll be like, oh, I'll just take this extra day or here or there. So it's not like inconveniencing anybody, yeah. but I'm not resting. I, I had to take a stress leave from work. Yeah. Um, was it twice? It was once that I took the full stress leave. That was like the medical EI stress leave. And one I took like a shorter one that was sort of a work safe related mm-hmm. one. Cause I got attacked at work, which is really ah. scary. Yeah. But when I just took my stress leave, it was because I let myself sort of get to this point when I was working at a homeless shelter that I sat at my desk and I couldn't move mm-hmm. and I felt paralyzed and it was the first time I'd ever had a panic attack in my life. Right. And so then I took what EI gives you, and that's employment insurance in Canada and if you get a doctor's note you say they have a medical condition, I had anxiety disorder and they kind of said general adjustment disorder so that it was like you could come back from that a little bit mm-hmm. without a solid diagnosis. So hot tip for you is a temporary... <laughs> Thing, but it, they give you three months. And I found for the first month, I just felt... Horrible. Like, horrible, but, like, what am I even doing? I'm wasting my time. I could just get back into it. Yeah. But I was like, nope. Get this time. Take this time. So for the second month, then I went into a deep depression. Mm. So I just felt like the pendulum swung so far the other way that I was like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting around. I am just... A useless sack of shit, basically. And then yeah. the pendulum swung to the middle. The third month was where I finally started feeling like myself again and mm. sleeping regularly and yeah. not feeling panicky or sad. And it's like, it actually does take that long to decompress to from get, something sometimes. To get bored enough to want to, like, go back to that. I don't thing, think I it's think. a mistake that summer vacation was three months, right? Like, June, July, August yeah. when you're a kid, and then you get bored enough to go back in September. Yeah, you, when you start, like, getting a little logy, you're kind of like, I could go back. And then you're ready to go back, mm-hmm. which is, even though, like, the the, first, the, the the last night before you go back is always awful. Yeah. But, like, the, the week leading up, you're like, well, I'm going to see my friends more. Yeah. So there's, like, there's the hard thing where, like, in, when I have really bad anxiety and I avoid a lot of stuff, it's very hard to get back into that because yeah. sometimes you have to, like, you just go away for so long and then you're like, but I couldn't come back now because I've been away for so long. It's like, yeah. shush. People still want to see you and they love you. Like, it's yeah, okay. It, it turns out that nobody is ever thinking the worst possible thoughts about yeah. you. If they are, they're probably not your friend. Yeah. Turns out. That's important. It is. Yeah. But then also, like... You can't just take two weeks off sometimes. I don't think it's enough. And that to me is... I like, haven't taken two weeks in well, so long. But that's like a structural yeah. issue where like most jobs will give you maybe two weeks off, if that. Like maybe all year you'll get two weeks. Exactly. In a, in a row. And so then most people take off like days here and there to like extend long weekends yeah, or man. whatever. But even like the two weeks is not enough to fully sort of decompress not and realize like... It's kind of like being in a relationship when you're like, what am I like single... So if you're like, mm-hmm. I'm at work, what am I like when I'm not at work? If yeah. my work consumes most of my waking life... Which it does. Which it does. And my afternoons, like after I get off work, is recovering from that. And my weekends are recovering and getting chores done. And maybe yeah. one day of like leisure and mm-hmm. then you have to go back again. Like what are you actually like when you're not at work? I think you need to give yourself a longer period of time to do that. Yeah. But that is like, again, a luxury that most people don't get, except in other parts of the world, like yeah. France. You know what, like France, <laughs> we come from France. What's that, like, what, what you said about, like, how it took that long for you, like, the fibers in your body to mm-hmm. just, like, let go of the tension and just kind of, like, get back to a stasis state. Yeah. Um, 
I'm thinking about that and just thinking like how few times I've ever really done that in the last few years. Like Mm -hmm. I took a month off last summer and that was just enough for me to feel like a total piece of shit. So when I got back, I really felt like I had to just work. But I feel like that's when you get into the depression part. If you'd given yourself another month, you might've like come out even. Well, yeah. And I think probably that is, that is definitely true. Uh, And um, I'm just like kind of thinking about how, Oh man, I just lost the thought. That sucks because it was it was a good one. Oh, I know it was a good one. Uh, but just about how, you know, I just like trying to deserve that time off and to mm. to be like, well, how do you justify it? Because we live in a we live in a culture that really just values that sort of Protestant work ethic, which I have. Like, I like getting stuff done. Yeah. Like, I like being busy yeah. um, to a point, and I enjoy like being engaged and again, like, like setting it, setting at a task yeah, being of use and then making sure that task is done and then resting, resting for the sake of resting is very hard for me because like, it feels like somebody else has to tell me that I can, because if I just take that time for myself, what if somebody like shows up and says, well, you didn't work hard enough to earn that. Like what, why do you get that? Why don't I get that? You know, I'm just waiting for that to happen all the time, which is so silly. Again, like nobody is watching me that closely. But then that kind of digs into why we maybe feel like we don't deserve that kind of stuff because yeah. other people have it harder. Yeah. Right? Like, so many people in the whole world, especially if you start looking very globally, like, do not have the option to take time off of work. Some of them don't have the option to have paid work. Some of them don't have the option to not have 16 jobs yeah. for no money. Like, it's totally. really luxurious, but it's like the, the pain and the sort of anguish that we feel is still real and it still affects our bodies and makes us feel these like stressful and disheartening feelings. Oh yeah. But then you also get coupled in the like, I shouldn't feel this bad because I don't have it as bad as other people. And it's very hard to pull yourself out of that. So yeah. I kind of feel like there's got to be some self-forgiveness in that yeah. to be like, it's okay. Like you feel bad and it might not be in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. things as bad as other humans feel, but... You're still feeling it. It's so still real. Let's deal with it. You know, yeah. it's still real. And as much as like, so what if somebody doesn't think that it's valuable for you to take time off and to restore yourself? Like, so what if somebody thinks you're a millennial piece of shit that's like writing, you know, clickbait? I was just gonna ask, like, you know, is that also like invented in our heads that people think that we don't deserve? But then you do read stuff like that, being like, these kids are quitting all these, these jobs and kids they don't these understand. Days, like, like but I don't, I don't know. Like when I, like, my parents have always been people who are very, like, they were super worky, like, they worked really hard, but at the end of the day, like, apart from, you know, when they had to drive back to the suburbs and be with me when I was born, you know, when they were sort of in the position, in the place in their life where I'm at right now, Mm -hmm. where they didn't have kids or whatever, they would just, like, immediately after getting off work, they'd go to the Rosenthorn and get plastered with their friends. But it's, like, that's also a stress response to, like, your shitty work day. Oh, sure, like, getting drunk and whatnot. But it is leisure time, too, and it's important, that balance, so... I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's it's very... So I definitely find, like, because I feel guilty about taking extended time off, I end up using the time that I have off to try to turn off my emotions. Like, to mm. just, like, try to turn off all the bad feelings. And I do that through, you know, like, drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever mix of that that I, I desire at any given time. And I find, like, if I come home and eat... or And food is oh, a big food one. food is a big one. Food's huge for me. Like, if I eat, uh, like, a like one of those 420 cal bags of Doritos and have a bottle of wine, I feel 10 times better than when I was like waiting for the clock at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, is that, is that all there is? Mm-hmm. You know, is that what I'm doing? Is just like placating myself enough to fall asleep at night so that I can get up and do it again. Yeah. Running out the clock until you can 
basically go medi- medicate to them. Go, or the, and then like maybe a couple times a year go on a trip and do like the things that feel real and amazing mm-hmm. to you. Which like and definitely well here's the thing is that you know we were talking about like is, does anyone actually think this? I was so envious of your work term in Edinburgh. Like mm. it just seemed like you knew how to party when you were there, you know? And I was just like, I wish I was capable of that. Mm -hmm. And so there was times when I was like, maybe less than charitable about it. I'm like, oh my God, she's such a fucking party animal. Ah! But I was also just like jealous. Like I just wanted to do that. And I wanted to feel like I I could, like no one was going to come in and like be, I wasn't really being judgy. I was just being envious. Right. Mm -hmm. But like it, it, it's a close cousin of being judgmental. And so like, I'm sure someone was somewhere. Well, I'll tell you like the reason that I went to Scotland for my practicum for my master's instead of staying in Vancouver, it would have probably been more sensible to stay in Vancouver and work for local health authority. Mm -hmm. There was all these placements that were like, you can work for Fraser health. You can work for Vancouver coastal. And it's like, you should probably work for these places to get an inroad for like a co-op. Totally. But I'm like being a student again. I haven't been a student in a really long time. When else am I going to get the opportunity to just call up random people or send emails? So I emailed over a hundred people in Scotland at different agencies being like, hi, I'm a student. Um, I'm going to have all this volunteer time. Like you are not supposed to pay me technically. Um, I just want to help with whatever interesting, like, do you have a project on the go? Like now in my new job, if students approach me, I'm like, yes, I have lots of things you could help me with. So totally. I'm looking for students and, and working with some to figure out projects. So I would approach uh, different agencies like, you know, I'm supposed to do this public health practicum mm-hmm. and I would really like to see what a different city, because I've lived in Vancouver my whole life. Yeah. Just to get an international perspective in a like a similar culture, but in a different health system. Okay, I want to drink in different bars. But <laughs> you know, so it was just like let's when because like you can't just do that as like hey I'm a brand new graduate or hey I'm just looking for work experience. Like being a student is a very unique privilege, so I could approach yeah. them and be like I'm a student with this actual program. I, I need to fixed, learn. Yeah, and I have a fixed term and I have some guidelines I have to follow, and this is what I'm gonna I propose this to you. <laughs> And I got three responses back out of over a hundred. And I had, you know, Skype interviews with them where I got up at four in the morning to talk to someone at noon their time. Exactly. And then finally the one that came out was like really awesome. And it was incredibly lucky that they even read my email. Apparently like it got forwarded to a whole bunch of different people. And the one person saw it that turned out to be my supervisor who was someone that worked at the university and was a director of this voluntary pregnancy, like, yoga center, basically, that I worked at. And she was also doing her PhD at the time, or had just finished, and Mm -hmm. so when I was there working, she was like, I really want you to see Scotland, I really think that being a student is such a privilege, and I want you to really take the time. So, like, that combination, I could have gotten a practicum where they really needed me to work every day, and I wouldn't have had any time, so it was like all these little lucky pieces came together. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I'm also want to play music. And so then I met a lot of cool people playing music and definitely partied it up and it changed my life in a big way. And I agree that it was a vacation and quite a thing. And I wasn't really working all that hard, but it was like this unique little blip yeah. in my life, which is why like, I get really cranky about why did I even go to school? And it's like, cause I got that opportunity. Oh yeah. That was really amazing. And it changed my life very dramatically. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Sometimes it takes like just feeling really shitty to like remind yourself of the things that you like. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's so trite, but it's true. You know, like when I feel really shitty and I'm not really capable of taking stock, like I need to complain first before mm-hmm. I can like the things again. 
I think, because, like, if I try to stifle me complaining with, like, I shouldn't complain, it just wants to come back that much harder. Yeah. Because I think that's human to just yeah. be like, this is stupid. I don't like this. I don't feel good about this. And then you just have to do it anyway, so you gotta just vent it, yeah. I think. I think if you don't let it out, you'll press it down, it comes out in really weird, inopportune Oh, like moments. horrible, weird, that like Play-Doh machine that you put the Play-Doh in and it gets extruded. And yeah, or in suddenly, weird shapes. suddenly you have like the worst stomach flu ever and like all and this you pain. Barf your life out. And... Yeah, like, so I think that's a stress response of just like or you, tamping you, it down. Or you dislocate your rib while you're putting your purse on walking up to the Sky Train. Did that happen to you? That's what fucked my back up. No. Yeah, that was embarrassing. It's like, it was the most nothing motion, and it just, like, I felt my rib dislocate, and I was like, mm, this is gonna be a bad day. Shit. And you know what? It, it was. It was. It was a bad day. Oh, wow. It's like, our bodies are just telling us, like, okay, no. I was just gonna <laughs> say, this is like the body says no with Gabor Mate. <laughs> Good. Think of Dr. Mate. Where it's like, if you keep... I have that on if, my shelf. Yeah, if you keep, like, internalizing stuff, and you keep not expressing frustration, you keep subsuming your own needs for other people like it's gonna manifest in gross ways like I'm very envious of people that I know that just have like a quick rage out and then it gets out of them immediately like they're not sustained angry yeah so it's not scary like because I've been around a lot of angry people in my life yeah but some people that can just be like ah this fucking sucks it's really a smashy smashy and then it's like done in like two minutes yeah and then they just feel way better, and yeah. they don't carry that baggage around with them all the time. I'm How like, does that work? I'm jealous. That seems. I push. Cool. I push it down so yeah, I can keep too. getting work done. Because God forbid, I stop being useful for two seconds, and I'm a burden on somebody mm-hmm. else. Fuck yeah. off. But then you get friends that take care of you. Yeah. I'm like you took care of me. Well, like I take care of you, and I realize like, okay, I actually do a lot for other people, and it's okay for me to not be perfect and always producing. Like that's always gonna be what my big revelations are, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I'm never gonna truly believe it. I just have to keep coming to the realization over and over. This I think. is your Buddhist wheel that you're trapped on right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is my suffering. Is that I just can't imagine that I'm a good person, even though, like, I know that I am. If I go through it all, I'm like, oh, no, I'm great, and I deserve to be, I am human, and I need to be loved. You know? (laughs) Just like everybody else does. Yeah. It's important. But I'm bad at it. I'm really bad at asking for, like, people's attention and affection. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, every man is an island. We are all alone. Mm -hmm. I guess that's probably not true. But here we are recording all of this. And maybe... That's Sleepover Podcast. This is, like, the professional side of Sleepover Podcast where we talk about grown-up stuff. It's just, I don't know. The the trigger for doing a Sleepover Podcast is I was feeling, like, really sad and really down. Yeah. And I got a wave sort of in the... But I'm coming back out of it. So, like, I That's feel good. like the cycles are getting shorter of yeah. feeling, like, sad. And this is me coming out of it. Yeah, well, again. Good. So I'm ready to, like, maybe go outside in the next little while. Mm-hmm. But, uh... Maybe this resonated with some people. Yeah, maybe. It's nobody's emailed us yet at all, but if you feel like emailing us and being like, that did kind of resonate with me and you can get us at seahagspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Get us at the Seahags mailbag. Mm-hmm. I just really want to say that every or, time. Or like tweet at us or whatever. I don't know. I'm just really curious to like see like is anybody listening and does this is resonate there? with you? Is anybody? Is anybody Wasted. out there? Just not if you can hear me. <laughs> is there anybody home? Is there? <laughs> Can we just do yeah. a David Bowie like karaoke podcast? Yes, that's Pink Floyd. Oh yeah, you did a British accent, but I guess Pink Floyd. They is are also, also British. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm back to feeling like you know shit what? now. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> to be totally fair, David Bowie is the only musical accent I can master, pretty much, uh, other than the uh, fake indie girl voice with the bananas and avocados. <laughs> Everything ends up sounding like David Bowie otherwise, because he's the only person I truly care about. <laughs> when there was a tweet that was like, all this shit is just going to shit because David Bowie was the glue that was holding the universe together. Yeah, I think the, t- I think the tweet was like, my mate suggested back in January that David Bowie was the glue holding the universe together, and now I think he might be right. Because yeah. <laughs> things, yeah. are, things are kind of internationally that was, falling apart. It was January 10th, that was the first thing that really fucking went wrong mm-hmm. in 2016. And this like, year has just been a fucking gong show, hasn't it? Oh, the only thing going well for me is my creative life, and everything else is a real struggle. It's fine. Like, I mean, the creative part kind of just blots out everything else, but, Mm -hmm. like, everything else is a challenge. I think that's why, like, we keep having these conversations where it's like, I don't sleep, my stomach hurts, everything is hard, I'm sad. Yeah, because, like, I guess that's true. There's a lot of people are getting murdered. A lot lot of stuff, like, stock markets are crashing, xenophobia and hatred are taking over the world, like... It's kind of horrible, so maybe there's a reason that we're feeling so sad and despondent. Yeah. It's not just because I have bad feelings, and yeah. I'm a it's bougie legit. piece of shit, and I can, don't get exactly what I want. It's like, the world is actually kind of horrible right now. Yeah, things are like unusually bad, and I think that when things get unusually bad, all you can really do is get your loved ones together for a sleepover party. Yeah. And take care of each other. Like, metaphorically or literally, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, find some people that you know and offer to cook them some food and invite them over and... You know, create, like, an empathic circle of friends that you can, like, take care of each other and sort of recharge each other's emotional batteries, I think. Yeah. Those things are really vital. Go down and see Bird in the yurt. You gotta go... go, I'm gonna have to send her this episode. I think she'll really like it. She was awesome. Nice. Bird... Bird of the yurt. Yurt bird. Tarot reading yurt bird. She was wearing a t-shirt that said Pizza Slut. It was the Pizza Hut logo. She was wearing booty shorts. And I was like, I love you. I love you. Yeah. So there are so many, like, awesome... There's so many good reasons to be alive. Yes. Honestly. And it was so great. so many awesome babes. I got to be in Portland with all of these queer people, like, during this, like, sadness of the Orlando shootings. But Mm -hmm. it was also Pride Weekend when I went Mm -hmm. down there. We were all just, like, holding each other in our hearts and our arms and... It was a wonderful thing to be involved with, I think, just to just to be around people who needed other people to be around. Yeah. Just to be present with other people who are suffering and to just, like, reach out mm. in very sort of small ways. My, always my instinct is to hermit yeah. and to be away from other people and just to be like, don't tell me what to do, don't ask me to do things, I just want to be alone, I want to disconnect from everything, I just want to, like, read a book and escape into fantasy and mm-hmm. it's like... It's probably better to be around people. Yeah. I think doing the... When we did the Bowie cast with... uh, Allison. With Allison. um, That was really... I needed it. Mm -hmm. In a very big way. Because, like like I've said. Like I've said on this episode. Like, obviously, David Bowie. Kind of a problematic figure. But also fucking loved him. And one of the most important musical influences in my life. Artistic. Mm -hmm. Musical. Aesthetic. Spiritual. Like, so important to me growing up. Uh, And what a devastation for me to have to deal with, like, just a sudden... I didn't know that he was dying, mm-hmm. obviously, and then he died, and I was so sad to be able to, like, talk with you and Allison about it, and, like, just to be friends and, like, to, like sing Bowie songs together mm-hmm. after off mic was so awesome, and it's like, oh, you know what, like, the emotional openness required of that is, is 
hard to muster when yeah. you're already tired, but it's so worth the effort most of the time. If you have wonderful friends like we do, mm-hmm. anyway, like maybe you have asshole friends and you should be hermiting and like moving and finding a better community to be part of, but... Yeah. I've been finding it, like, yeah, the last couple days where I've just been really sad and really battling some dark stuff, because I'm like, oh, I'm having this sad feeling, so what implication does it have on this part of my life and this part of my life, like, it could... I'm doing everything wrong, and I'm failing, and getting that wrong. Or it could spiral into, like, oh, if I'm only doing this because of this, then why even bother doing this if I don't want this anymore? Like, I'm being intentionally vague, because I don't want to get into private emotional life. But not even that, but why don't I just move somewhere completely different and start over? Yeah. If that's even possible. But it's like, it's my people, and it's... Yeah. So then I've been able to process some of that through talking with Katie, even on Gchat, or talking with my Mm -hmm. friend Noelle, who's amazing, and like... Friend of the podcast, Ms. Newell. Yeah, and just really hashing it out. And even if, like, it's not necessarily... Probably going to counseling would be great. And oh, I, I made an appointment next yeah, week. Yeah, I probably should do that as well. And because I don't want to just dump on my friends about the same stuff over and over, but luckily I have very caring friends and I can sort of spread it out so I'm not just doing it to one person. Yeah. Even though I rely on you a lot for a lot of hey, stuff. Hey, it's mutual. But, like, mm-hmm. we're just like the first person, because we both have the decency to be able to tell each other, like, I can't right now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our friends probably do not have that capability. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather someone say, I can't right now, than ghost me or, like, try when they don't have the capacity. Yeah, that's something that I think we talked about in Renee's episode with the yeah. Friendship Collective Agreement, to yeah. just be like... Just be upfront. Yeah, to say, like, Katie, like, I'm feeling really awful, and can I vent to you? And then for you to just be like, sure. Or, or to be like, no. no, I'm feeling also really down, I couldn't handle. Because, like, sometimes I get really anxious when people start telling me about their anxious stuff. Yeah. And I just have to say, like, straight up, this won't make me feel good, so no, I'm sorry, but let's talk later. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really valuable. Yeah, but I think I think what I, what I struggle with uh, is I don't want to make other people feel like I feel when I'm not giving myself a break. Mm. Uh, and that's just me assuming that other people run themselves quite as ragged. Because uh, yeah, who knows? Cause I feel like everybody must, but... But how do we know, yeah. really? Like, because we just only really express that to each other. Yeah. So we have our own little echo. Echo, echo. We echo. are in the chamber, we are chamber, and chamber. Right now. This is very fun. It's <laughs> good times. Um, so I, I think, like, yeah, therapy's great. Uh, it's super expensive, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a luxury I can afford on occasion. Mm-hmm. So I do try to go. Um, but, like, just. Being able to hear no from people, or just telling people that you can hear no from them, like like look, hey, yeah. if you're if you've got stuff on your plate and you're not feeling good about this, let me know. But if you can listen to me, I'd love it. Just like make that out available to people, I think, and then it you don't have to worry so much about putting too much on them. Yeah. Um, because your friends should be there for you when they are able to be, uh, which is hopefully more often than not. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But everybody's got their situations and stuff, and so let's just like try to. Always going to come back to this. Let's try to be a little kinder to each other. Mm -hmm. Let's be a little kinder to ourselves. Maybe one day we'll actually learn that lesson instead of just, like, repeating it back into the microphone over and over. But this is good, because then I listen to the podcast again as I'm editing it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Those (laughs) things that we think. It's very helpful for me. Yeah. And what I'd really like to emphasize to my own self is, like, yes, hermiting is good, and, like, but you don't need to hermit so much that you, like, don't see anybody, but maybe cutting out more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't need to lead this project. I don't need to say yes to that gig. I don't need to be like, oh, sure, I'll help you plan that thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. You can say no to that, but then still take the time. So like with Allison, for example, we were supposed to have a band practice. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I feel like fucking ass warmed over. 
And then she Delicious. said something about, like, I also don't feel very good. So then we just spent the night talking instead of doing band oh, practice. That's good. So it's like, you can still, and just online, but it really helped still, both of us. Yeah. And so even if I'm not spending the time, like, doing a thing, spending time just being with people is really important. So I need to learn that balance of just hermiting doesn't mean go away from everybody, but maybe just do, like, a gentle, low-key hangs. With your best people. That's so important to me. Like, I, I get so much out of just spending time with people. And mm-hmm. I really, like, I don't like to ask people to be there for me when I'm not doing great. So, and that's when I need people the most. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, no one's ever been a shit to me when I have actually stood up and said, like, hey, I really need this from you. Most of them are just grateful to be asked. Mm-hmm. Um, people probably want to love you. <laughs> so it might be wise to let them. You know? That's awesome. And you know what's really great is you can actually spend time with your friends where you just sit and read a book while they grill bok choy for you, which is what I did. Yeah, I just it. sat and read a good book about like magic camp, basically, like it was like a Hogwarts. And I applied heat and, to greens. Yes. And they were delicious. Yeah. So now we're gonna we're gonna take a break and just go out into the world for a little bit. Maybe come back air. just just shit wrecked and just like. Well, maybe I don't know. My tummy's still sensitive, so I probably shouldn't not. drink too many. Maybe you'll be. <laughs> you'll carry me home. I don't think I could do that. It's a very steep hill. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get the donkey in the cart. <laughs> Bring you back. Oh, excellent. But we're gonna go get some. Churros. Some churros and some cocktails and... Should be good. Just kind of enjoy because it suddenly got super sunny out. So let's go... Actually, that's another self-care thing. Let's just go let the sun beam down upon our face. Let's let... And get some fresh air and walk down by the river. It's like God's beautiful smile. Let her beautiful smile shine upon us. I don't know. Nature time is really important too. It is. Anyway. Okay. We love you guys a lot and hope that... We'll yeah. either be back after a break, or this will be the end of it. We'll see. Or maybe as a bonus episode next on Thursday or something like we that. We shall see. Who fucking knows? Who we fucking don't know. Knows. We're just doing this as we go along. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's clear. Yeah. Okay. okay. Bye for now. Bye.